There are some things on my heart this morning that I, I really wanted to step uh, for us to step into. Uh, how many of you know that that um, anytime you put your trust in God in regards to the, the supply or the thing or the area of your life you want to go to, it's going to require you all the time trust in the Lord. It's going to require you uh, trusting the Lord. It's going to require you to, you know, because faith has requirements. And part of faith is just moving with faith. It's, it's, it's engaging on faith. It's, it's doing what doesn't seem comfortable. Did I say good morning yet? I, I, you know, this is how I saw the service go. I just saw us just taking a moment and just waiting on the Lord. Because I sense that God wants to speak to our hearts more on some areas than we've ever um, thought were possible for him to speak in, on, in and on. So, Father, we just, we just declare this morning that we just declare right now, Father, we wait on you, Father God. We thank you, Father God, that your word is working on the inside of us. So we worship you, Jesus. We praise you, Father God, and we thank you, Heavenly Father, that we are living in that overflow. We are living in that overflow. We are trusting in you. We are trusting in you, knowing, knowing that your word doesn't return unto us void. But it goes forth, it goes forth, it goes forth in Jesus' precious mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. There are some things, like I said, before we got started in the service, I just kind of, I sensed that um, we were going particularly in the area of faith because, you know, faith is, uh, is not something that you just kind of just throw by the wayside. I've been teaching on faith, preaching on faith, because the lifestyle of faith is, like I said earlier, it's, never, it's nothing that you set aside and you put away. In fact, if you're not using your faith, you're going backwards. That's right. yeah. That means you get your faith you get your faith on a project where you're believing God. Pastor Melina alluded a little bit to this morning. She was just saying, you know, you, you have to have your faith on something. You does, if it's something that you can get yourself, if it's something that you can do in the natural, then really in all reality, it's not we you're kind of just on cruise control. Yeah. So you you've always got to have your faith on something. Something that seems like a little far-fetched, like that would be really hard for me to get. And I can, I can imagine what some... And you know, here's the thing. A lot of people think, well, faith shouldn't always be forgetting. Well, I think they're forgetting something because faith is trusting God to get them into what God has planned for them. So really, the reality is you got to say, Lord, you have a plan for my life. What is that plan? And if you have a plan for my life, I need to somehow get into it and get on it. That's right. and, and far too often, we don't, we're not very curious about the plan. Some people are afraid of that plan. What if, what if God made me? You know, oftentimes, God isn't going to make you do something, you know. I, I don't know what the, I, I often wonder what the fear is and what the hang-up is in, in certain folks about, being, about, being, about following the plan of God for their lives. Because not everybody's going to be called in the ministry. And even if, any, and if anything, if God's called you to do anything, there's a blessing behind it. That's, that's the really ultimate reality. Is that the blessing is behind the plan. The funding is behind the plan. The promotion is behind the plan. 
And you can't get into any type of funding. You can't get into any type of flow unless you're, you're following in the plan of God. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, that's where promotion comes. Yeah. It comes in following the plan of God. That's right. Amen. Uh, well, I, I, I just believe God should just give it to me with no, record, with no, no hang up and no, you know, that's not how it works. There, you have to qualify for it. There's, there's blessings for every phase. And each phase, there is requirements. Requirements of trust. Requirements of using your words right. Requirements of living right. Living holy. Being pleasing to God. Amen. And you know, here's the thing. Some people will shy away. Well, I don't know if about that whole holiness stuff. You know, I mean, look. You're married. You get you, one of the blessings of the Lord is you get married, you have a, you and your spouse. It's not like you're you have to be celibate. It's like we think, oh my gosh, I'm just going to get what? What are you giving up? You love one each other. You get to enjoy one another, enjoy each other's fellowship. You know, we're not calling you to celibacy. We're we're not calling you to to live a life that's hard. Right. We're just saying, hey, let's live for God. Right. Let's put some things away that don't need to be there anymore. That's why Paul Pinch, when he was talking in Corinthians, he says, when I was a child, remember in 1 Corinthians 13, he's, he, goes, he goes, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I put, and then there at some point, I put childish things away. You would never dare to bring childish things to work. You hope you wouldn't bring childish things to work. Because there's some folks that they still bring, they still act like they still never grew up. They're still acting like teenagers, still still acting like single people, still acting rebellious. You know, the boss said, do one thing, you're out there doing another, right? And see, see, there's no blessing in, in the lack of discipline. There's no, there's no, there's no blessing in the, and not, and not having the discipline to follow the plan of God. Because it's the discipline of, of following the Lord that will get you to the place that you need to be. But if you're just if you're not if you're not paying attention, and you're not focused, and your mind is in other places, and you're not you're not doing the task that you were that was committed in your hand to do, you're being childish. Because it requires focus, it requires discipline to say, you know what, I'm going to start paying attention. Because we're getting to this next phase where we're getting ready to get into a building here. I don't think you folks realize how close we are. You hear what I'm saying? I don't think you, and, and just us getting alone, getting in the building isn't going to be enough. It's going to require us having to use our faith every day. Use our faith to walk in love. Use our faith to, to speak nice of one another. Use our, using our faith all the time. But if we're not using our faith to walk in love, then... You know, here's another thing. This is, a, this is a real... Do you know the fruits of the Spirit? One of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. It's a fruit of the Spirit. You know what that means? You have to, it means you have to cultivate it. That means you purposely have got to say, if you're given like the person that likes to get or gets depressed real easy, if, if you are prone to getting depressed all the time, you know a fruit of the Spirit being joy, that means you don't have the fruit of the Spirit of joy. That means you need to cultivate that. That means you need to start changing your attitude about how you feel. Oh, I'm just down all the time. You know, the more you feel down, the more you just get back about your past, the more you, you know, you're just going to keep sinking and sinking and sinking. And too many people are sinking. And then they, and they go, oh, I'm just depressed. I just need to go, go see a doctor or whatever, which that's fine for like to maybe get you going back into normal, get you, get you in a normal routine. But as a lifestyle, yeah. 
You've got to make up your mind. I, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to live in. I'm not going to live in depression anymore. You said fruit. A fruit of, of, of one of the fruits of the spirit is joy. That means I have to purposefully, purposefully be joyful. Well, that's fake. Uh, no, it's called faith. It means even when you don't have it, you have to give it. That means you have to get it by faith. And so sometimes you're going to be feeling down, all feeling down, and you're just making everybody miserable, just chewing everybody out, you know, just grumpy everywhere you go. You don't have the joy of the Holy Ghost. You don't have patience. Then you need to cultivate patience. You need to cultivate joy. Well, that's just not how God made me. No, God made you with an option to get those things. They're in you. The potential is there for you. It's all there. It's all there. And each and every one of us has got to make a decision. Yes. Every day we've got to make decisions. Right. Let's open our books to the ba- uh, book of Matthew. What is that? All right. And while you're turning there, I want to. There's some. There's been a couple things that have really been big on my heart this morning. I kind of wanted to cover, because you know, as a believer, if you want to walk out that plan of God, you're going to have to first get in and deal with some of the areas of the way you start talking, the way you've been speaking about your situation, particularly in the areas of that. Well, I'm just. You know, I'm not always happy. You know, I don't want to be fake. You know, I am who I, I am. What I am. You are what you say you are. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. Let's just, I, just keep your hand in or put something to, to mark out Matthew 6, but turn to uh, Proverbs chapter 18. Yeah, we're going to go there. Sometimes we need to go there. Say, he needs to go there. Come on, say, I need to go there. Sometimes we're going to need to go to places that don't make us feel comfortable in order to get us to places that make us feel better. Do you hear what I just said? Yeah. I'll tell you, man, that right there will preach. Yes, it will. Write that down. Seriously, write that down. Proverbs 18.21 says, says this, confirms this saying, death and, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its what? Fruit. So if you have an attitude towards, well, I'm just not always happy, you're going to eat the fruit of the way you talk. If you've you got, you got a gutter mouth, you're going to eat the way you talk. You have, you have a nasty ad, a voice, a nasty uh, attitude coming through your mouth all the time, you're going to eat the way you talk. And I, and I dare say half of you don't want to eat what you're putting out of your mouth. I say half of you. I don't know why I even said half of you. <laughs> I said none of us. Let me just rephrase that. None of us wants to eat what we put out of our mouth, particularly if it's negative. We, we, want, to, we want the good fruit of the, our, the words of our lips. You know, I went, to, I went to the store and I got some fresh fruit. I got some berries. I got some raspberries. I got some blackberries. Because we at my house, I just like the berries. And so I'm sitting there and I'm, you know, and, and, you know, I like fruit. I like fresh fruit. You know what I don't like? I don't like old fruit. 
I don't, I don't like the fruit that just goes bad and gets funky and it just gets spoiled. It's got the green hair that grows on it. Does anybody want to eat the bad fruit? What do you want? We want the fresh fruit. And we're, we're spoiled here in, in Central California. We got, we got access to some of the finest food grown anywhere. Anywhere. And you get spoiled. I, you get, I, was, in, I was in Seattle. And when we lived in Seattle, I remember we, we would go to the, to the, to the um, produce section because I like fresh fruit. And I was going through the fresh fruit. I go, that ain't fresh fruit. <laughs> Those aren't fresh avocados. You, you just, you, after a while, you just know what f- good fresh fruit is, especially when you lived here all your life. Yeah. And you go to any supermarket and you're like, man, this is, oh, this is from, this is from, you'd see over there, you say, oh, this is from Ducor. You see the package, oh, this is I'm from Terrabella. I'm from, hey, I know exactly where that's at. Yeah. And you'd eat it like, ah, oh, good fresh fruit. Yeah. And then you get something from Chile. This ain't that fresh. <laughs> this ain't that fresh. And here's the thing, we want the best going in through our lips. But if we want the best, we got to make sure that what's coming out of our spigot is the best. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because the scripture is saying so clearly to you and I, that death and life are in the power of the tongue and you will eat the fruit. You will eat its fruits. You will eat it. If you have an attitude, you will eat it. You will eat that fruit. If you, well, this is how I am. No, you will eat that fruit. Do you want to eat the fruit that you are right now, or do you want to eat the fruit that you could be? Yeah. We have a, a beautiful tree in the backyard. It's a peach tree. I've been cleaning it, cutting it, trimming it, and it's looking, starting to look real sharp uh, because I've been getting a lot of help and, and a lot of opinions on how it should be cut. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're married, someone's got an opinion of how that church should be cut or how it should look. You're ruining my tree. Woman, well, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> but I'm glad I listened because the tree's looking good. See, when you're married as a couple, sometimes you say the wrong things and you're not aware that you're saying the wrong things. You're not aware that you're saying negative things. And sometimes you need a, a sometimes as a, as, as when you're married, it's kind of nice because you can kind of help each other. Hey, you're, we're being negative here. We got to change. We, I remember there's been moments in life. Oh, I'm, I'm getting negative. Mom, you're going to need to help me. I've been negative with words. My attitude's been stinking. Can you need, can you help me with this? You're like, uh, I, I need help myself. I don't know if you want me to help you. <laughs> Sometimes you can feel that way, but one thing that the Bible says is that iron sharpens iron. Yeah. And sometimes you're going you're gonna to need to sharpen one another. Like, we don't talk that way. Right. We're not talking that we're depressed, that we're sad. He goes, no, I have the joy. Sometimes you're going to have to get a scripture that says, the joy of the Lord. Yeah. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Yeah. And you're just going to have to sit there and say it over and over. And then you're going to have to rejoice, even when you don't feel like rejoicing. I, I mean, right. rejoicing is, in all honesty, people see us dance here in front of the church. Do you know there's sometimes we're rejoicing? You know, I, 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 have no, I have no motivation to rejoice. Right. I'm just like you. I'm flesh and bone. I don't want to sit there and rejoice. I'm like, I make myself. Right. I make myself. Right. <laughs> Man, I'm doing whatever it takes, you know. I'm like, it may not be on rhythm, but I'm here today, Laura. One half one eye closed, the other one kind of glued together. <laughs> Picking things out. 
doing what I can do, just try to. And sometimes it feels like there's a struggle. But there's something that happens when you decide to just get out of what, how you feel. It's getting away from how you feel. And you start declaring. See, that's why when, we're, you know, when, you, go to, when you go to the gym, back in the day, they used to have a thing called aerobics. Was, Pastor, have you done that before? Heck yeah. When we were an athlete, they used to make us do, they used to make us do aerobics because they said it'd be good for our knees, good for our bodies to stay loose. What a con. <laughs> no, it, it was good. It was good. The only thing that was bad is that you looked bad in front of the girls because the girls would always do better than you. You're like, can't keep up. <laughs> oh, Chihuahua. I'm like, Coach, will we really have to do this trash? He goes, yes, you really do. But here, here's the thing. You're saying, I don't want to do it. I don't feel like I look good when I do it. But when you do it afterwards, there's always a reward of doing it. Yeah, yeah. And there's gain proficiency in how you do things. Yeah, yeah. Life gets better. Things get better. And when you, don't, when you miss a workout, man, you go, I really felt I missed that workout. Boy, I can really feel it in my body. Boy, you can really, but the more you get going, the more you start staying in the spirit, praying in the spirit, keeping your words straight, talking straight. Yeah. Amen. Good. Man, especially when you're at, work, at the workplace and everyone's complaining about the boss or the route that you got or the assignment that you're doing or your, your co-workers that's a slob that just keeps his desk all over the place or maybe you're the slob that keeps his desk all over the place. <laughs> You know, because people, you, you, if you're doing either one, I mean, someone's faith is going to get stretched. People's mouth are going to like, I'm a, they either want to say something or they're grumbling under, under, yeah, under their breath. Yeah. Under their breath. Yeah. Or, you know, someone who's not pulling their slack. They're not pulling their weight, and you know they're not pulling their weight, and they know they're not pulling their weight. There's obviously some choices that we have to make. The choices is, I'm going to stay, keep my mouth straight. I can't talk the way I used to talk. I've got to put those childish ways of talking away. Well, you don't talk the way you used to do. Hey, you don't want to hear a dirty joke? Or are they just telling dirty jokes all the time? Man, you got to be careful around me. Because guys will tell dirty jokes all day long. They'll just say, hey, I heard a joke, man. And they'll just go off, go off and they'll just start telling you another dirty joke. You're like, oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> say, bro, I, I'm sorry, man. I liked you, but I, I can't. I can't. I can't. I, I, I got, I, I'm kind of busy. Well, come on, man. It's a real fast joke, man. It's real funny. Ha, ha, ha. And sometimes I'm like, dude, I can't talk like that way, man. Those jokes aren't funny to me anymore. And sometimes they, somebody may say a joke that's kind of funny and it's wrong. But at the same time, you're like, bro, I, 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 I can't joke like that anymore. It's not good for me, man. I feel it at the end, you know. Yeah. Sure, it may laugh for a moment, but then later on, I'm walking, I'm like, oh, why did I laugh? It's sort of like eating something that you should have eaten. Some junk food. They're like, oh, okay, yeah. And then before you know it, you know, you, you just feel like you, got, you just ate the wrong thing. Well, pastor, this is a simple thing. No, it's not a simple thing. It's, it's a big thing that we, we, we let words, the wrong words get on the inside of us. And those wrong words will, def will defile you and I. The Bible says it's not what comes out of a man's mouth that defiles him. It's, it's not what comes into his man's mouth that defiles him. It's what comes out of the man's mouth that defiles him. In other words, it's what you say, it's how you speak, it's how you present yourself. Yeah. In all honesty, 
most people, including employers, let's say even if an employer does talk a certain particular way, he does not expect his employees to talk a certain way. People don't realize that half the time they keep themselves from not being promoted from the way they talk. They sure everyone's talking, but they often pay, pay particular notice of the people who can know how to control their mouth. Their attention is on that. They're like, that's the guy I trust. He comes in, he, he, I don't have to ask him to do something. Boom, boom, boom. He's doing his work. He knows exactly what to do. He gets things done. And, he's like, and then when he's done, he's like, hey, who, who needs help? And he knows already who needs help. Hey, I see you need help. I'm going to help you with that project. Right? Why? Because he, he knows what to do. He's not, he's, not, he's not looking for somebody to direct him. And see, that's who the boss notices. That, that's, who the, that's who the person who's even maybe uh, looking to hire a company is looking for. You walk in a company and you joke too much in an interview, and they're joking with you. You know what they're doing? They're saying, I'm not going to hire you because you joke too much. Yeah. I'm telling a great tip right now. Many people connected really well during the interview. They laughed. I laughed. But I still didn't get hired. You know, it was a real competitive field here. That's all it was. Maybe you might want to try again. How about you might try to rethink some things? on the way you think you're connecting. Because the way you connect may not be the necessarily the way that you're reflecting that you think the way you're reflecting yourself off to be. You've got to change the way you, you, you operate. The way you speak is so important. People look at the way you speak. Well, you know, I'm not super smart. I just never, never went to college. I have one of my closest, one of my best friends who's never went to college, and he's making, he makes way better money than most people who ever went to college. Why? Because he, he's trained his mouth how to talk right. He's trained his mouth how to speak. He understands the words of his mouth. And see, until you discover how God has made life and death possible in your mouth, you will stay the same until you've made the decision to make that change. It has to change or else your life won't get better. It has to change or you won't get promoted. It has to, your attitude has to change if you're ever going to move along to those higher realms in the, in the area of the Spirit. Yeah, right. Everybody wants the promotion. Everybody wants the millions of dollars right now with none of the work. If you could give me a million dollars for me being me right now, just give me the million dollars. I won't have to do anything. Just me being me. But here's the thing. Just you being you alone won't, won't get you the million that you need. And, and often, just because of the way we talk. Just from the way we talk. Just because of our, our basic attitude. And yet, God, say, say, God wants to promote me. God's promotion comes through my words. And far too often, we forget how, how in, important our words are. Uh, let's open our Bibles to Proverbs chapter 13. We, and, you know, here's the thing. Fundamentally, things are, are, are basic. Some things are, gonna, are basic, but they're good to kind of review and go over. Amen? Because when we get into our building, I can't believe I have, to, I have to vacuum the carpet. I can't believe that I have to come and open up the building. You know, right now, we, we've got these little bathrooms. And, but before you know, we're going some, some, to own a building, and we're going to be responsible for the landscaping. Yeah. We're going to be responsible, you know, when, when, when you 
are the owner of what it is, it requires more work. We didn't wax these floors. When we were in another building, we waxed the floors all the time. Right when we rented that building, but for some reason we had it. <laughs> but we took care of it. it was like our own because we were believing for our own. See, if you want your own, you're going to have to take care of take care of someone else's like it's your own. If you want your own. Say, I want my own. And over here in, first, uh, in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 3, it says this. He says, he who guards his mouth preserves his life. But he who opens wide his lips shall have what? Well, come on, let's read that out loud together. We're, 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 we're a Bible. I didn't tell you that your, your life was going to be destroyed. I said, the Bible said your life is going to be destroyed. It says, if you guard your mouth, you'll preserve your life. But he who opens his lips shall have destruction. Isn't that what the Bible says? Yes. Now, I can't believe, Pastor, you would tell me that. Well, I'm just telling you what the Bible tells you. I got to show you what the Bible shows you, so you know what to you don't know what to not you know what not to say. You ought not you ought to know what not to joke about. Now I'm going to say this: you got to be careful, especially when the seasons change. Oh, it's flu season. Oh, it's bad the bad air quality. You know, it's a bad air quality. You got to be careful what you, what comes out of your mouth. What are you believing God? I thank you, Father. I don't care if flu season is going. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ditch out on that one. When someone says, oh, someone's sick over here. They got the flu or they got the Rona. You know, you, you, you got to make, make, sure, make sure you're up in your mind. Well, that's, that's you. That's, I ain't getting nothing. You've got to make sure in your heart that you, do, you are not moved by fear. That you are not motivated by fear. That you're fearless. You don't get sad. You don't get sad. You don't get depressed over things. You're fearless. You know, a lot of depression is usually a lot of it has more to do with self pity, trying to control things that you have. You have. You, there's, you can't control over. You get down about what you can't control. Other people, other things, other situations. When really said, you know, if I just change my attitude, things would, would just, I'm going to just tell you right now, when people's attitudes change, people want to be around that person. People want to be around the, the, the type of people who's, who, has an, who have attitudes that are gracious, respectful. Even when someone makes a mess of situations, oh man, you really, you really messed up. I wouldn't even let that come out of my mouth to somebody else. Oh, you, you're on the workplace? Oh, man, dude, you really messed up today. Everybody's looking at you now. You start talking that way, everyone's going to do the same thing to you. Yeah. You start talking that way, someone's going to do that to you. Yeah. Oh, man, you messed up. I saw you, dude. You did this and did this and did this. Uh-huh. You know what the Bible says? With the same measure that you use to judge someone else, that exact same, by that same standard, you're going to be judged yourself. Forget God's judgment. God's saying, oh, you don't want the way I judge and see things. Because the way God's judges and see things, he uses mercy, he uses grace. He saw, he may see, oh, look, you had a bad day that day. You have a lot on your mind. You're going through a lot. You're under a lot of pressure. You've had a bill. I understand that. So God's going to judge you. He's like, okay, they're going through this. And, and, you're, and you're keeping your mouth right. I said, God, help me. See, your attitude's good. See, God will help you. 
But if, if you're using that stand, a harsh standard on folks and people, well, I said, I can't help you on that. I can't help you. And the way you judge them by that standard, without the insight that I would have used, you're going to have to be judged the same way with that type of insight that you used. I don't know about you, but I don't want God to use my way of looking at things on me. Right? I, I, boy, some of the punishments in our back of our mind that we would dealt out to folks, boy, we would be really harsh. Man, I'm going to go, mm, mm, mm. But when it comes to reality, when you know the reality and you know the situations, your heart changes because then you start to become compassionate. Then you start to realize, you know what, I struggle too, and you don't have to struggle anymore. You can get set free of that thing situation, and you just learn to trust God and let start speaking rightly that you, you're no longer bound by this stuff. See, you start changing the way you speak about things. You don't have to struggle anymore. You know, you're, you see, kid, Jesus came in your life not so you could stay the same, so, but so, so your life could be better. Amen. He came in your life so your life can be better. Right. And not just better, but so, but so you can have fellowship with him. It's important that you understand that your, your fellowship with the Lord is very, very, very important. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4. Say, I am filled with joy. I got the joy of the Lord. And it's my strength. Every day, I walk in the word. I do the word. And I speak the word. I declare my life is getting better. Because I'm planted in the right place. I'm planted in the house of God. Therefore, I flourish. Come on. I flourish. My marriage flourishes. My wife likes me. My cat likes me. Even my dog likes me again. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29. Say amen when you get there. It says there, it says, Therefore let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary of edification that it may impart grace to the hearer. Again, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Now, if people say, well, what do you mean by corrupt? You mean like I'm taking money to, for, for something in a corrupt way, or like I'm cheating somebody? No. And yes, it's more than just that. But you're cheating yourself when you're using foul language. You're cheating yourself when you don't use your mouth. It's corrupt because your words, which could have been used to help you, and bless you are now being corrupted and, 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 and what you're doing is you're bringing harm to yourself. You curse your life. Yeah. Every time you use the D-A-M word, that, gosh, what you're doing is you're damning God's ability to, to, to you're, 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 you're literally putting a spiritual dam in front of him trying to get a blessing over to you. Well, I don't understand why, why this DAM card never works. You've put a barrier in front of it. You've turned off the answer. Yeah. You've turned off the answer for, and, and the possibility of God of intervening on that situation. Right. And God wants to intervene on your situation, but he can't intervene on your situation if you're talking like everybody in the locker, locker room. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. 
You can't be blessed and expect and expect God's best if you're if you're the one that's using your mouth and your mouth is the one that keeps getting in the and getting in the dirt. I, I tell you what, sometimes we forget these these important things. We forget the power of our words, the importance of how we talk. Pastor, I didn't know. I mean, if I knew this was going to come to church today and hear this message. You know, I don't. I think I would have stayed at home. I'm going to tell you right now. You need to learn. This is why a lot of believers are are struggling. This is why a lot of believers, a lot of good. You remember what we read over there in Malachi? My people or Hosea? My people perish for a lack of knowledge. But Jesus, God said, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. You can be a good person and still say stupid things. How many people know of good people who say stupid things? How many people have ever been the stupid, uh, the, the godly, the nice person who said something stupid? Come on, I'm going to raise my hand and my other hand and both my feet if I don't fall over. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, you say things, you're like, I don't know why I said that. I was so upset. I got hot. I got hangry. Come on, dude, come on. You waited in line. You waited forever. For, they didn't tell you if it was going to take an extra hour because of what you ordered. And then next thing you get real mad. I, I can't believe it. They, they didn't tell me when I walked in, walked through the door. And you're just getting, you're getting pushed out this way. And the next thing you're getting pushed out that way. And, and another thing, look at her. She's just taking her time. Just walking real slow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And all you can feel is their tip getting bigger in your pocket. Because <laughs> your attitude. And the Lord says, give them this. <laughs> okay. I have to stink. But I'm going to just get my way out of this. And Lord, forgive me for having such a stinky attitude. Yeah. Please forgive me. I had a stinky attitude. Yeah. But when the food gets there, you're like, ooh, this is some of the best food I've ever had. You're like, what? No wonder it took so long. <laughs> you should have just warned me it was going to be real good, but it was going to be worth it. Yeah. That, I might have ordered something else, but I'm glad I, I'm glad I waited. I'm going to tell you, sometimes you're just glad when you wait. You don't always have to get everything right away. I'm just moving right along. Just move it, move it right along. James chapter three. You know, I was going to say James. Yeah, let's. So far, let's stick with James. Before we do the James chapter three, let's do James chapter one, verse twenty-one, because. Paul, uh, Paul, but James, a brother of uh, Jesus, is speaking. He says, therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. In other words, you may have acted a certain way. Those overflows that you used to operate out of that filthiness, that overflow of wickedness. And now he says, instead of operating out of that, he says, I want you to receive. Because you, when you ask Jesus, now you've got a different flow. Yeah. He says, now, and receive the meekness, the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Now, you're already saved. So why is he telling you to receive this implanted word that's able to save your souls? Okay, your spirit is, your spirit's born again. I want you to pay real close attention to what I'm telling you here. Your spirit is born again. It's going to heaven, right? But there's another thing that saves your soul. That word soul is the word psyche. That means it's, it's your natural, that's who you, your outward man. That's your mental, your way of thinking. That same word that was able to save your spirit is able to save your life. That says that word that, that's able to save your spirit, but it's also to save your natural life that's going on right here, right now. Your life doesn't have to end up 
and more chaos. It doesn't have to end up that way. In fact, if you spend more time in my word and you get to know my word, then that word will come in your heart and that one that same word that was implanted here will start to grow outward and it'll affect the very nature and the very course of your life. Yeah, you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why it's so important to recognize that anytime you get that word in, that you keep it in. Because the Bible talks over in, um, I want to say Mark 16, it says that, that, that no, but that how you get that, that word, it comes in 30, you get a 30, 60 fold, 60 fold and 100-fold blessing off that word uh, that sows, that's sown in good ground. You know you're the ground in the Bible. When you hear the word, it's it, the word that goes in, you're the ground. And you're responsible for how it flourishes. Does a farmer complain, oh, my yield wasn't that good? What does he do? He says, what do I need to do to make that yield better? Yeah. He says, oh, I got a lot of rocks over here. I'm going to have to put some more soil in there. It's not getting enough nutrients. Yeah. I mean, they get that thing, boy, they get that crop down to a science. The way they, they line up everything and the, and the way the watering comes. I mean, they've got it down to, they even know how far each seed needs to be a far, uh, applied. For, and they know how the tires come. They know how to spray it. They know there's so, they've got this thing down to such, a, to such precision. They know how much they should get out of that crop to where they can get a great yield out of that. See, you should know yourself so well, the, the condition of your heart, that you should know that when you're being challenged in one area, you need, and you need to challenge yourself more. You need, you need, I need to get rid of this unbelief. I need, I need to start yielding more. I need to be being kinder. Yeah. I got to start, I got to start doing this and that, yeah. so I can get a better yield of my spiritual life. That's good. A better yield. Yeah. A better yield will get you a better field. Now we're talking about the spiritual side. You'll get a spiritual blessing where you're like, it'll because some people you can tell they get the thirty percent blessing in their life. They get born again. They get saved. They come to church. They start serving, and there's some natural blessings that come because they serve. They get it like a thirty. I say the thirty percent. That's the thirty percent soil. Then you got the sixty percent soil. They come to church. They serve. They clean the. Uh, they come to prayer. Um, and they're, they're doing a regular thing. God just show one up. And that's a sixty. So, you, you know, you get that 60% flow. There's a 60. And then there's, it says, then there's 100% flow. Yes. Where you're tithing, you're walking in love, you're giving to your local church, you're serving, yeah. and you're going all out. Yeah. And then it not only just affects you, but you see it affecting your kids. Yes. Yes. And then your kids are walking out that blessing. See, there's 100% flow out of that. Yeah. 100%. It's not, it, then it's starting to affect not only you, but the generations around you. See, that's the kind of flow we want. Yes, yes. I don't want just a trickle like he just goes to church and then the kids are going to hell. Yeah. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. He goes to church, yeah, he goes to church, but the kids don't go want nothing to do with God. Uh-huh. That's not the flow God wants out of for your life. That's right. He wants the flow where God see the kids even look at you like, I want to be like mom and dad. Yeah. Right. I want to be like mom and dad. I remember right. the way mom and dad were before they started coming to church. Uh-huh. That mom and dad were a hot mess. I would never tell them to their face they were a hot mess. Yeah. But they were a hot mess. But now they're serving the Lord. Their things are different. Mom, dad's nicer. Mom's nicer. Things, things around my house are, are peaceful. Yeah. Come on, Come on. You're right. boy. When you start going to church, you start getting more peace in your house, yeah. and you start. You, everyone is, is talking different. Yes. Boy, you, you can feel it. It's like a, it's like a fragrance in the house. Yeah. People come to your house, man. I don't know about. They'll start coming. Man, I don't know something different about your house. Every time I come here, it's just so peaceful. 
It's because you got the joy of the Lord. Right. It's because you are becoming a hundred. You are becoming that hundred percent ground. You're flourishing. Yeah. You're, I mean, sickness don't even get on you. I mean, you get to a point where sickness, sickness ain't getting on you. Disease ain't getting on you. You know, you're not going from you're not you're not like a, you're not like a western song or a country western song. Everything bad's happening to you. I mean, you don't have to you don't have to live your life that way. Right. Amen. Amen. Say, so my life will be better this year. I know you came. Some of you started coming to church, and your life is already starting to get better. Can I tell you a little secret? You get some folks that get born again. They get filled with the Holy Ghost. They get baptized. Speak with tongues. And then they stop coming to church. And then their lives fall apart. But then it's harder to get back in the swing of things because it's, it's, they, they've fallen out of practice. Sort of like going to the gym. You haven't been in, you, you have a membership. I, I believe I'm a great funder of the, the gym I, I go to. <laughs> I'm not so much a good receiver as much as a funder. I believe in it so much that I fund it. But God wants you to do more than just fund something. He wants you to participate and get the benefits out of funding something. And Pastor William says, all right, yes, amen, honey. Get skinny again. Get skinny for mama because mama wants to see you thin again. And so here, here you and I, God, God, God wants more for you and I. And so how do, you, how do you enjoy the benefits? You stay plugged in. Yeah. It's not about just getting saved. Right. Not just about going to heaven. Right. It's about living heaven on earth. That's right. Isn't that what the scripture says? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Come on, say this, the Lord's Prayer. Hallowed be thy name. Yeah. Come on, right? What, 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 do we, what, do, what do you and I want? We want heaven on earth. Right. We want our, our marriage to be good. Yeah. You know, I want when Pastor Melina comes home, I want her to look forward to seeing me. You're, you, you ought to, you ought to, you ought, you ought to want your 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 spouses to want to enjoy seeing you when they see you. Like, oh, there's my old man. Oh, there's the old lady. Don't just stop calling them old man and old lady. You'll end up real old real quick. I'm not, I'm not kidding, folks. People don't realize they they say they're what they don't even realize they're putting the putting in the practice the word and your spouse says why are they looking so old because you've been saying it all these years <laughs> my old man my old lady I go, oh, this is my woman mm. but I don't just say my woman I guess that's my woman mm. now there's like well, that's my lady <laughs> especially Friday night no kids around that's my lady <laughs> Woo! praise the Lord Life gets better. Let's say my life's getting better. Come on, James chapter 3. James chapter 3, verse 1. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. In other words, don't go around being try to be someone else's teacher. Teach yourself first. So amen. For we for for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, also able to bridle the whole body. Now, some of you are new to this church. He says, well, I can never be perfect. And, and, and so we're at the advantage. Many of you who've been here long enough know when I say what perfect, what perfect means. Perfect means mature. Not from the perfect of without error or without mistake or without blemish. 
right? The Bible is calling you to maturity. It's calling us to maturity, to mature. So when the Bible talks about uh, be perfect, he's saying be mature. Be, be perfect as I am per, uh, perfect. He's saying be mature as I am mature. See, they didn't have another word uh, outside of perfect other than being fully mature. In other words, perfect means be fully mature. I have a demand of my, my children that they be mature. I have a demand out of, uh, out of my relationship that there be maturity in my relationship, that I don't go walking around acting like a single person in my marriage. There's maturity in that. Amen? So he is perfect, and he's also able to bridle the whole body. In other words, if, you, if you're mature, you're able to control your body. Good. Indeed, we put bits in the uh, mouth. Uh, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us. And we turn their whole body. Look at the ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds. They are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and it boasts great things. Come on, your tongue likes to brag about great things. Look at all I did. Look at who I am. Come on, ladies, men. Men, men say to ladies, you'll never find one like me. No one to love you like I love you. Right? I mean, just it likes to boast great things. Oh, look at me. I got some of the strongest arms in the county. It likes, to, it likes to boast. It likes to brag. <clears throat> That's what the tongue likes to do yeah. because it's full of pride. Yeah. <clears throat> Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindleth. Your mouth has the ability to set some situations on fire. I know you, some of you men, don't act like you know what I'm, don't know what I'm talking about. You ever say something dumb to your wife? Do I look fat in this dress? Don't answer that question. Do you hear what I'm saying? And ladies, don't ask a dumb question like that. If you ask that question, you know you're fat in that dress. <laughs> don't ask that question. You're setting that poor man up <laughs> for failure. If you ask that question, you know that question already. You know the answer to that. I was asking, Pastor Melina, I'm looking kind of heavy. She go, you have, honey, you could lose, a, could lose a little bit of weight. And she starts getting like, yeah, you could lose some weight. Please. Please lose some weight. And a tongue is a fire in a world of iniquity. The tongue is set so among the members that it defiles the whole body. Remember what we said earlier. It's not what goes into a man's mouth, but what comes out of his mouth. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it sets the very course of nature and is set of fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird and reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an, it's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and our Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessings and cursing, my brethren. These things ought not be so. In other words... I may not be able to control my mouth on my own, but I certainly can do it with God's help. That's right. That's right. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. That's why he gives you his word so you know what to say. Yes. Amen. 
And you have the right answers that come out of your mouth. You speak the right things. Your life starts to change. You recognize, um, particularly when you say something dumb, and you know you said something dumb, I said, I'm going to mark that because this, this was the outcome. What can I do differently next time and not say the same thing? You ever see a kid and you tell him not to run around the house and he don't listen? I said, don't run in the house. There's a corner. Don't run in the house. There's a corner. Don't run in the house. There's a corner. Boom. Ah! I told him to stop running around the house. They got a big old knot on their forehead. I, I told them not to say whatever they think. And then they get a big old bruise on the side of their head. Wondering, wondering, why, wondering why the wife's upset with them. Wondering why they lost a job. Yeah. Wondering why there's some friends they don't talk to them anymore. Because they're just saying whatever they want to say. End up getting in the gossip, uh, gossip wheel. Oh. You can't just say whatever you want to say. And sometimes your body language says also a lot more than what you, you think is coming. Well, I'm not saying anything, but you got, your body language is saying a lot more than what your words are saying. Because your, your life is saying something. You can, be, you can look like you're considerate. Like, oh, that's all right. Don't worry about it. It's okay. I mean, they can be here a little frustrated. It's all right. It happens. It just happens. Sometimes you just got to have that attitude. You know, don't worry about it. Sometimes things happen. I understand. Even when you don't even feel like saying, I understand. You know they done messed up. You know they messed up. And you're like, man, I told that boy to put that tool there. He still didn't put it there. He said he put it, he left it out in the lawn and it's sitting there in the wet grass. That tool's gonna rust. Well, I'll tell you, that makes you mad. As a man, that makes you mad. Just even sit here and someone talk like that. As a man, you're like, man, I told that boy to put that. Now he's got that saw, and I saw that saw starting to rust up. See, it's because your priorities. There's certain things you pri you prioritize. But one thing we ought to pri prioritize is the words of our mouth. More than the tools out in the lawn. More than anything else, we should prize our attitude. Uh, we should our, our attitude be, should be something that we guard and, and protect. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, I tell you, our lives are, this year, 2021, can be marked out like my life got better in 2021. Amen. Boy, I started talking different. I started heard pastor say this. I'm like, pastor, you're just throwing out a big order on this. Well, that's a large order. You don't understand. The way I talk is the way, it's, it's almost who I am. No, the way you talk can change and make your life better. If you can have the better life that you always wanted today, yes. and all you had to start doing was changing the way you talk, you start making some changes. That's right. Amen. If you understood how much people looked at how you talk, well, I tell you, if you talk ignorant, people don't want to hire ignorant. Especially if you talk ignorant. People pay attention to that. Don't talk ignorant. I used to, a number of years ago, there's these two staff members that were um, on, on, I worked on a mental health unit and with clients that were cognitively um, not functioning at a higher level. And these two employees were arguing with one each other. And out of nowhere, this one client says, why are you all so ignorant? Client's mentally disabled. But he understood the argument is ignorance. Yeah, on, the fighting? Yeah. Ignorance. Right. The bickering back and forth? Ignorance. Yeah, come on, don't, don't reflect how good of a person you really are. That's right. 
doesn't, doesn't reflect that this situation can't change. Right. It just may require you may just have to be more of a team member. Yes. Figure something out. Yeah. Say, I'm getting on the other side yeah. of some things. That's right. That's right. We've got to make up your mind. Yes. I don't know why. It's been a while since I've ta taught on the tongue. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've taught. The Lord dealt with me last night. He says, you need to start teaching on that tongue because people don't know that they're being held up. So important. Some there are certain messages that you need to keep in the forefront of your people. If you keep you keep you keep in front of people, say, "Hey, your mouth is getting out of check. It's getting out of order." Then people are like, "Oh, maybe you're right. It's been long." See, we gotta be careful because the Bible talks about letting things slip. But things can slip real quick, real quick. When we're going to church after football, you know the Bible says the Bible the Scripture says that Satan comes to steal the word immediately. You've heard me preach this last week. But I want to keep that in the forefront of your eyes. The devil comes immediately to steal the word that was sown in your heart. Because he don't want no 30-fold. He don't want no 60 out of you. He don't even want a 100-fold return on that word out of your heart. If he can steal it immediately and keep you in bondage. You know, if some people are there, he goes like, I got them beat. I got them beat. I don't have to worry. I don't have to come to their house anymore. They live in defeat. I don't, I've got them so defeated. They just open their mouth. They, they, they're doing my work for me. You don't, want, you don't want to do his work for him. You want, every time you wake up, you want to make him tremble. Like, oh, man. He's, this, this guy is talking the word. He's speaking the word. He calls his wife healed. He calls his kids healed. He's speaking promotion at his work. He's, 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 he's like speaking healing, getting people saved. He goes, oh, man, this guy's giving me some trouble. And then I try to go near him. I can't go near him because he speaks the word and those angels around him are, are guarding him like, like, like Fort Knox. Yes, yes. He ain't making it easy on me now. He's making right. things hard. I gotta, right. I'm telling you, you, you got to make things hard for the devil. Quit That's making right. it so easy for him to come take you out. Yes. Yes. Can I get an amen? Because I mean, you don't have to say amen because it's so. That's right. I'm telling you, it's so. You got to start talking right about yourself. That's right. Repeat this to me out loud. Say, I am. Good looking. I am smart. I'm successful. Everywhere I go, I'm anointed. I'm appointed. I'm a child of the Most High God. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I am the head. I am not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. The scripture says the devil's under my feet. That way I can dance on top of his head. Woo! You gotta, you gotta just say it like you mean it. You gotta say it like you mean it. You gotta start believing it like you mean it. Well, I tell you, you gotta be really careful because that devil will try to put the wrong words in your mouth. Just try to get you. Why, why would he try to get in your mouth? Because he knows if he can control your mouth, get you to say the wrong things, he can keep you in bondage. Don't stay in bondage no more. Don't stay in bondage anymore. Get out of it with your words. Amen. With your words. Say, my words are getting me out of this. My life is changing. It's better already. Now look at your spouse or look at the one next to you and say, my life is getting better. Your life's getting better. And you're blessed because you're with me. <laughs> hey, some of you spouses, Learning this together right now, your life's going to get better. Your marriage is going to get better. Your work, your, you, you go home, and I'm telling you, 
you're like, man, my life's getting better. Just, just changing the way I talk. Yes. You keep it up for a year. Yeah. Or just, you'll start to any changes in 30 days. In less 30 days, you start talking right about each other. Right. Start to talk right about each other. Right. Even when someone says something foolish to get you kind of flared up. I've been married for 30 years. Don't act like you don't ever say anything that gets each other flared up and stirred up. Pastor Melina gets me flared up now and then. She'll say something like, I'm I'm like, <laughs> and vice versa. I can say one of those things. She's like, well, I, I know the look too. So I'm like, ooh. <laughs> oh, hold on, baby. I didn't mean it. Didn't mean it. But she loves me anyways because I was telling her, man, I, I, I forgive her. I do. I said, I forgive you. Blessing of the Lord. Bless her, Lord. Get, get those angry devils away from her. Oh, my goodness. Amen. It's going to get better this year. Believe it's going to get better this year for you. Amen. Well, I love you. We love you.